All right. What about dress? What, what things should you wear when it comes to running in the heat and humidity? Um, I'm personally, I'm usually more of a less is more kind of guy. Episode 730 of Diz Runs Radio is a quick tip episode. Today's quick tip, staying safe, running in the heat and humidity. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just want to let you know that uh, one of the things, one of the options that is available, uh, if if you know you have a question, have something that you're struggling with, obviously you can always ask a question. But sometimes you know it, it, it takes a little bit more to answer a question than to just a, a simple email or a quick tweet or something like that. And so one of the options I have available is uh, the old the old call, the old consult call, coaching call, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's, it's a chance for us to jump on the phone for 20, 30 minutes, whatever it takes and really kind of talk through, work through whatever the situation is, helps me to get some more information, uh, so that I'm not, you know, maybe reading between the lines or misreading between the lines of, of an email or a, you know, a, a message on social media, uh, helps us to really be on the same page. You can explain the situation. I can give you a one, two, three, four, five options maybe to help you navigate the situation, make sure you're comfortable, confident, and kind of have some direction on which way to go. And uh, to get signed up for that, I mean, you can get a one-off. I have some folks that use the, you know use a call kind of every month or two to make sure they're staying on track. Whatever works for you. If, if that's something that you know maybe y- you would like to have a little bit of, of extra input in what you're doing from a training perspective, but maybe you know hiring me or hiring another coach uh, isn't isn't in the budget right now. Um, maybe that consultation call is a nice little bridge of you know bridge between not having a coach at all and having a full time coach. Maybe that maybe that would be helpful for you. If so, disruns.com slash consultation is the link back to the website. Uh, and all the information is right there. It's a real easy process. You sign up, you pay on PayPal. It directs you right to my scheduler that looks at my calendar. Anything that's open shows that it's available to you. You pick the one that works best for you. I give you a call. We talk through your your whatever struggle might be at the moment uh, and try to give you some some direction moving forward. So if that's something, if that sounds like something that would be useful to you, disruns.com slash consultation. Check it out. And if you have any questions, just let me know. So today talking a little bit about uh, kind of summer heat, humidity, and how to, how to train during the summer and try to mitigate as much as possible the risk of any types of heat illness, heat issues uh, that that can arise, and this this kind of comes at the suggestion of uh, a couple couple folks that have kind of asked about some heat stuff, and uh, you know in, in the shadows of uh, the Cleveland marathon that happened this past weekend, as this goes out at the end of towards the end of of May, um, a, a, a lady, a a twenty two year old woman, um, died. Uh, before she crossed the finish line. Now, I don't, I don't know. Maybe the details have emerged and I haven't found them. Um, I don't know that it was a heat issue that got her. I don't know if it was some other, you know, undetected condition that, that maybe got, I don't, I don't know all the details. Um, I know it was a little bit warm that day. So heat could have played a factor very much. So could have, um, but in any event, obviously, you know, that, that's, it's a terrible situation. We don't want to see anything like that happen to any of our running brothers and sisters out there or any of our non-running brothers and sisters out there, to be quite honest. But for those of us that have fall races, those of us that, uh, you know, are, are, are working towards a, a goal race this summer or just trying to maintain some fitness before you start working towards a goal race in the fall, training through the summer is something that you're going to probably do. Uh, Lord knows I'm going to do it. Lord knows I live in uh, the bastion of heat and, and humidity down here in the swamps of central Florida. But, you know, one thing that I think happens sometimes is that the thought is that I need to be aware of 
how to train in the heat and humidity because of where I live. And, you know, same thing for those of you that are in, you know, Texas or Louisiana or Arizona or, you know, any, any places in the U S or anywhere around the world where heat maybe hot, maybe hot and dry, maybe hot and humid, whatever, but where heat is a serious factor that, that, that we're the ones that really need to be aware of it. And if you live in Michigan or, uh, Winnipeg or England or anywhere where it's not, you know, tropical, hot all the time. Uh, you know, if you live in some of those areas, the, the, the issue of, of heat and humidity and heat illness maybe isn't as important for you. And I, I would almost argue that it's actually the flip that's, that's true. Yes. Us in, in the hot States or the hot countries, we need to be aware of it, but I think for the most part we are, you know, I mean, we live it six, eight, 10 months a year. Um, our bodies have kind of adapted, you know, the, the whole notion that your blood thins out. Well, it is, it is somewhat true. You know, our, our bodies, uh, if you live here long enough, just like if you live at altitude long enough, your body adapts to being with a, with a lower oxygen density. If you live somewhere where it's hot as blazes all, all the time, or at least most of all the time, your body kind of gets used to it versus if you live somewhere where, you know, maybe 70 degrees Fahrenheit is a, is a pretty standard kind of summer day. And then every once in a while it shoots up to 80 or 85 you know, that 80 or 85 might not be too hot for me, but for you who isn't used to it, that's a big jump. That's a big heat wave. And I get so frustrated when I get people saying, how do I deal with, with the heat or the heat really impacted my run today. And then, and then they qualify it by saying, but you know, I, I know it's nothing, it's not hot for you. Well, y'all heat is, is relative. Just like speed is relative. What's fast versus what's slow, all relative to you. What's hot versus what's cold, all relative to you. So you can, you can have heat issues on a train run or a race. If it's 80, if it's 70, if it's 90, uh, it doesn't really matter. It, you know, is especially, and it's especially true if there's this, this big jump that's kind of unexpected or kind of unseasonal, um, especially early in the year, especially this time of year in the, in the late spring, early summer, where, you know, some places shoot, there's still snow on the ground, but that doesn't mean that next week it couldn't be 75 or 80 degrees looking at you, Denver, <laughs> but, um, but if you try to go out and get, get a good run in and it goes from, you know, for low forties or, or high thirties to 70 degrees, your body isn't really caught up yet to running in, in some warmer temperatures. So even though to somebody like myself, 70 shoot, 70 sounds downright almost chilly right now uh, and only going to get more. So as the summer progresses in that situation, that's, that's a potential risk getting out there when it's 70 degrees. So all that to say, no matter where you live, no matter where you call home, no matter where you lay your head at night, heat illness is something that you need to be aware of in the summer months. And if, if those of you that are listening to this from, uh, you know, the, the other side of the equator where it's not, you know, where, where you're getting into wintertime right now and, and, uh, you know, just tuck this a little way in the, in the old back burner, tuck this in the back of your mind and bring it back out, you know, come October, November, when your summer is getting ready to start keep these, these ideas in mind. So, um, heat is a factor. Heat is a factor for everybody. I don't care where you live. Uh, I don't care what your normal temperature is like. If you get unseasonably hot weather, unseasonably humid weather, something that, that's different that you're not used to, it will impact you. And heat illness at the end of the day is nothing to joke about. It's nothing to take for granted. It's nothing to, uh, push heat illness can be, uh, life threatening. Absolutely can. Uh, and so obviously it's something that you want to avoid. You want to minimize the risk of having some serious heat issues. 
And so one of the first things that I would encourage you to do, no matter where you live, no matter what the normal temperatures are in your area, is familiarize yourself at least a little bit with some of the signs and symptoms of heat illness, of heat exhaustion, more heat illness is kind of the general term. So heat exhaustion and heat stroke. All right, heat stroke is where it really gets to be deadly. Like that's serious stuff. That's like call 911 type of situation. Heat exhaustion, a little bit less than that. Still serious, still something to take take seriously, take action on now. Don't don't try to push it. Um, but, you know, maybe not quite as as life-threatening as long as you address it right away. If you keep if you keep going, ignoring it, keep pushing things, it, it is probably going to make the situation worse. And now you're going to be getting into the, the borderline of heat stroke. So if you head over to the show notes today, disruns.com slash 730, in addition to the typical memes and gifs and things like that, uh, the, the kind of tomfoolery that the quick tips usually have in them, there is a little chart, a little, a little photo that has some signs and symptoms of heat exhaustion. I'll rattle through them real quick. But like I said, I would encourage you to really take a few minutes to study this type of a list um, or do a Google search on your own and, and, and look after it so that you know not only for yourself what things to maybe recognize, but what things to look for in your training partners. Because you know, a lot of times when it's ourselves, we, we overlook it. We don't think it, ah, it's no big deal. But when somebody else is looking from the outside, you can see that things are getting pretty bad and maybe know when to take, know that you need to take action when you start seeing some of the following symptoms. So here's heat exhaustion, kind of the, the moderately dangerous not not typically life-threatening, but on the road to that. So heat signs and symptoms of heat exhaustion, um, you know, fainting, feeling dizzy, things like that, where, where you're, you're not able to really focus anymore. Sweating like crazy, just excessive sweating. Body won't stop sweating. Your skin feels kind of cool, usually pale, kind of clammy. So you got the sweat going. The skin is cool, so it's, it's kind of sitting there. It's, it's kind of clammy feeling. There could be some nausea and vomiting in, involved. The pulse, if you check the pulse, it's going to be going a, a million miles an hour, but it's not going to be very strong. You're going to have to kind of feel for it because it's going to be it's going to be thumping super fast, but not super strong. You might also you know start kind of experiencing some cramp situations. Now, cramps doesn't mean that you're necessarily in heat exhaustion, but you start putting two or three or five of those symptoms together, cramps being one of them, you might have a problem. So in in, in a heat exhaustion situation, stop running. Get out of the heat. Try to get into an air-conditioned area if possible. If you're out on the trail, get into the shade. Take some water in. You know, try to get some cold, cold, cold gear, cold water, things like that on your body, on your skin to help cool you down. Heat stroke, the deadly scenario. Throbbing headache. Your body actually stops sweating. You're too hot and you're 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 not sweating anymore. Body temperature starts to get really high. Now you may not be able to really test the body temperature in that situation, but you know you're going to feel super hot. The skin's going to be hot. It's going to be red. It's going to be bone dry because again, you're not sweating. So your body's not cooling itself anymore. Nausea and vomiting. So that one kind of goes both ways. You check the pulse. It's going to be rapid. It's going to be going a mile, you know, million miles an hour, but it's going to be strong. You're going to feel boom, boom. Uh, it's going to be more like boom, 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 boom. You're going to feel that pulse just pounding. If you check the pulse in the wrist or in the, you know, towards the neck area, uh, if you know how to check pulses, you can check them and it'll be going, it'll be going fast and strong. Um, and there might be some in and out of consciousness. You start to pass out. That's that's definitely a sign of, of heat stroke. Um, so how to treat that? 911. Like we said, 911 and try to stay as cool as possible. Get in the air conditioning. Get into a, a walk-in freezer if you're, if you're walking by a restaurant or something like that or somewhere where, I mean, I know it's going to be a little bit weary, but like, hey, this person's possibly 
battle and heat stroke. Can we get inside in the coolers in wherever it's legitimately cold? So signs and symptoms to be aware of, but how do we, how do we avoid those situations? That's, that's the most important thing. That's, that's the best way, you know, an ounce of prevention, always better than a pound of cure. So how do we try to avoid heat illness this summer? When you're training, when you're racing, when you're out on the trails, out on the roads, getting your miles in, how do we avoid heat issues this summer? Well, one thing that, that always gets talked about, and I'm just going to touch on it briefly because it, it does matter, but it's not the end-all be-all that some people tend to think it is, is your hydration status. Yes, stay hydrated. Um, that's something that we should be worried about all year round, not just in the summertime. We need to be well hydrated. Um, just the, Our bodies work better when there's enough water in the system. Our, our, all of our functions, we run better, uh, we sleep better, everything works better when we've got a good level of hydration. So, you know, do the old check your urine test, check the, do the old P test. What color is it? It should be, you know, light, light yellow to clear. If it starts getting into darker oranges, darker yellows, oranges, and even darker than that, that's, that's getting dangerous. That, that means that you're very much dehydrated or maybe even going into, um, into kidney issue territory. So just keep an eye on, on your urine this summer and, and year round, make sure it stays in that yellow phase, yellow, yellow, you know, light yellow. Most of the time, it's a good sense that you're hydrated, but the flip side of the hydration thing, you can be overhydrated and get into hyponatremia or sometimes called rab- rhabdo, um, which is basically when you have so much of you're, you're so overly hydrated that you're, you're leaching out vitamins and minerals. You're, you're basically, you're peeing out all the vitamins and minerals that your body needs because you're processing all this water and cycling it through your kidneys so quickly that you actually run short on the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that your body needs to function. That's, that's a dangerous situation. It's not super common, but if you're just focused on, I need to drink, 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 water, 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 it can happen. It can happen. And I would almost make the argument that that's more likely to happen than to have real serious issues because you're dehydrated. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't be excessively dehydrated, but this idea that we need to drink so much water, so much fluid during a run, let's let's just not get too crazy there for a minute, okay? So um, just be be aware of your hydration status, but for the most part... If you're staying well hydrated, adequately hydrated on a daily basis, drinking to thirst on your long runs or your races, you're probably going to be okay on that front. All right. What about dress? What, what things should you wear when it comes to running in the heat and humidity? Um, I'm personally, I'm usually more of a less is more kind of guy. Uh, get, get the shorts on. That's pretty much it. I'll go, I'll go team skins most of the time in the summer months. Um, if, if you're not wanting to do that, you want to have a shirt on, which I don't necessarily blame you for that. Um, if you want to have a shirt on, definitely err on the side of something that's sweat wicking. Why does sweat wicking matter? Because what it does, it, our, our bodies sweat to help cool us, right? The, the whole evaporation process is, is how we're able to cool ourselves. Well, if, if you have a shirt on that doesn't really wick the sweat away, it also means that the air can't kind of flow through it, right? So you've got the sweat on your skin kind of being trapped in by your shirt and there's no air getting to it, which means that that sweat isn't evaporating and that whole evaporation process, that's the part where the cooling really happens. So you get a sweat wicking shirt. It kind of pulls the, the sweat towards the surface where evaporation can still take place. That helps to cool, helps you to be able to continue to sweat because there's not any sweat just puddling up and hanging out there. So then it, that pulls that to the surface and that whole cycle kind of continues itself. So, you know, wear, if you're going to wear something, definitely opt for some sweat wicking gear. Yes, it might be a touch more expensive, it's worth it. This isn't an Exoskin sponsored episode, but I believe the the Diz Runs code still works. So if you want to get some some good quality gear from Exoskin with the added benefit that it doesn't stink, 
you know, you're sweating this summertime, but it's not going to get stinky on you. Head over to exoskin.us and use the code DizRuns. That'll save you 20% at checkout. Um, maybe the most important thing that you can do this summer is slow down. Slow down. Y'all know that I'm a fan of running easy, keeping the easy runs easy, heart rate training, all that kind of stuff. If you're on the bandwagon, stay on the bandwagon. If you're not, don't, no worries. You don't have to get on the bandwagon, but stop trying to maintain the same pace that you run for every run in the summertime. If it's hot, your body's working overtime to try to cool, cool itself down, to try to stay cool, stay, stay, uh, you know, prevent from overheating. The more you're trying to push, the harder you're running. Guess what? The more body heat that you're generating, the more, the more heat that your engine is giving off. If you're generating more heat than you can dissipate through, through sweating, through perspiration, guess what happens? The core temperature has no choice, but to keep, keep climbing up. So when it's hot, when it's humid, when you're struggling to stay cool, when you're sweating, just thinking about going for a run, that's not the time to be pushing the pace for a long run. You can still do a speed workout. You can still do a tempo workout. You can still do some hard workouts. Okay. But those things need, they're going to be shorter. They're going to be, you know, maybe broken up a little bit into some type of repeat where you have a chance to cool down just a little bit in between the next repeat, maybe cut those workouts a bit shorter than usual. Okay. Don't, don't push it. But when it comes to the, the longer runs, man, slow down this summer. How much? It depends. But don't be, don't be surprised if maybe you need to slow down by one, two, three minutes per mile slower. If it's hot enough, if it's humid enough, you're still going to be working just as hard, if not harder than you, than you probably want to be doing, even running that much slower. So don't, don't worry about it. The pace is going to come back in the fall when it cools off. I promise you it happens to me every single year. It works. It works. Slow down. Keep those easy runs easy. Maybe back off just a little bit on some of the duration or intensity of your workouts just to be safe because speed and working too hard, that's generating the body heat. And again, it's, that can be pretty dangerous. So be smart when it comes to uh, pushing the pace and the intensity. When in doubt, air on the side is slow when it's really hot, really humid. And especially on race day, I know race day, you want to race hard. You want to get that PR it might be wise to back off a little bit and just accept that, Hey, today is just not going to be a PR day because it's, you know, 87 degrees and 68% humidity or 88% humidity or 99.9% humidity. Like it is here. Those aren't PR conditions. Okay. So just back off, accept it, run, run the best race you can that day, but don't, don't take any unnecessary chances with the heat. Number four, I think there's five things on the list today. So number four ways to kind of try to stay safe this summer, or at least reduce the risk of issues this summer, training the heat and humidity, Try to avoid the hot parts of the day. Like I know that that's kind of common sense, but based on schedules, based on times that you're meeting to, to run with each other, things like that, sometimes running in the afternoon, in the evening, that's when you have to do it based on just what life is. If, that's, if there's nothing else you can do, then you got to do what you got to do. But if you can avoid it in the summertime, without question, the best time of the day, the most comfortable time of the day to run is early in the morning before the sun comes up. Why? Because that's the time that the... the, the Pavement has gotten rid of as much of the absorbed heat as it's going to. It's, it's the, the, probably about the coolest part of the day. You can get out at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. Yes, it's early, I know. But if you can do that, that's going to give you your best, coolest temperatures to get your runs and workouts in. Run later in the day. The sun's been baking on the sun all day, or on the road all day, on the trail all day, on the concrete all day. And you can just feel that heat coming back off the road to the trail or whatever. All right? Now, you know, so if it's the only time you can do it, that's the only time you can do it. If the only time you can run is at noon on your lunch break, that sucks, but I've been there. I've done that. You make it work. You slow down, you cut your distances short, you be smart. But if you can avoid that, do it, 
do it. Get out there early when it's the, the you know when it's a bit cooler, if at all possible. Last thing on the list today, you can kind of have a few hacks to help cool yourself a little bit. So you know if, if you're gonna, if you know you're going to be out for a while, like I know that this weekend, I made the uh, intelligent decision, if you want to call it intelligent, to sign up for a 50k in Florida on Memorial Day weekend. It's going to be hot, y'all. It's going to be hot. So what are, what are some of the things that I'm going to do to cool myself? Well, I'm actually probably going to deviate from my idea of usually going, uh, you know, team team skins and actually go team shirt. And I'm probably going to go team long sleeve shirt. Why? It helps to keep the sun off of me. So that's going to help a little bit. But two, I can actually take my shirt and pour a bunch of water over it, get it nice and nice and wet and nice and cold, and then put it on over my body to help help it cool. Run to the next aid station, strip down, do it again. Get it all nice and wet, put it back on, run to the next aid station. So you can use use water to help cool you. Use water to help cool you. Hit, hit your whole body with a nice cold shirt. If you're doing like a looped course or something like that where you can, you can get, or you have, you know, a good crew that's helping you, get a cooler with some ice and some water in it and have two shirts, rotate through them. You know, get to, get to the first aid station, strip the shirt that you have on off, put the, co- the one that's been in the, in the cold, icy water, put that one on. It's going to be a little shock. It might, uh, it might take your breath away for a second, but if it's hot enough, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Um, and you're going it, to, it's going to certainly help keep you cool. Run to the next aid station, next checkpoint, switch shirts back off. Cause you put the old one now back into that cooler with the ice water. Um, you know, if you don't have that option, you can just obviously just use, use a hose or use water, uh, use, use water from the cooler that they've got. Maybe there's some ice, things like that, but get, get your shirt nice and wet every chance that you get. And that's going to help you stay cool. Another good option is if you've got an extra buff or an extra towel or something like that, get a couple of buffs and get them also nice and wet. Maybe wrap a couple of ice cubes in there as well, but get those on places where there's major arteries that are near the surface or major veins really in this case that are near the surface of the skin, cool that blood on its way back to your heart on its way back to the core. That's going to help keep your core temperature down. The best sites to do that for somebody who's actually running are either your wrists or around your neck. So get that, get that buff nice and wet and cold or get that, that towel nice and wet and cold and then drape it around your neck so that it's, it's, you know, just setting across the back of your neck, hanging down. That's going to cool those, the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, What's, what's the, the jugular, the jugular vein right there. Um, all that blood that's going from your brain back down to your heart, going to keep it nice and cool. So when it gets to your, to your core, we're not having hot blood, hot blood come back. It's cooler blood, which is going to help keep that core temperature down a little bit and then circulate back out cooler blood, right? Uh, same thing with your wrists. If you can get towels or buffs or something like that, get them nice and wet, put a couple ice cubes in there and, and you know, get it tight against your, not too tight, but get it snug against your wrist. So you got this nice, cool, wet, uh, cloth on your, on your wrist where your, where your, uh, veins are right there. The pulse sites on, on your wrist, that's going to help keep you cool. So kind of a little hack, but it works. It works. Um, keep them wet, keep them cold, keep your shirt wet and cold, but you do that kind of keeping your core, helping to keep your core temperature down. It's going to go a long way to help you stay cool enough, especially if it's a race, something like that, where, you know, I'm not going to be killing it this weekend certainly don't plan to do that, but it's just going to help make things a bit more comfortable, help things to go a bit more smoothly. So, you know, those, those things all will work. So ultimately when it all comes down to it, training in the summertime, it's all about using common sense. You know, like I said, and I don't mean to get too, too, um, saddened and despondent here, but like heat illness can be deadly. It's, it's a serious 
serious thing that, that really shouldn't be messed with. It's not like, you know, trying to gut through a little plantar fasciitis or something like that. And yeah, it might make it a little bit worse, but you know, whatever it's race day. I'm going to, I'm going to get after it. No, heat illness. You don't, you don't necessarily get a second chance if you, if you push too hard with heat illness. So be, be smart, be, use some common sense, you know, stay hydrated, wear the right clothes, um, slow down. Like that's the biggest thing. Just slow down, walk a bit more, avoid the hot parts of the day and, you know, cool yourself intelligently. Use, use some of that common sense because at the end of the day, you know, that PR or that crushing that workout. So what, so what that's, that's not worth taking a chance on having heat stroke issues and potentially losing your life. So, um, this summertime, you know, whether you've been running for years, whether this is your first summer, whether you're living in Florida or you're living in Alaska or anywhere in between, be smart when it's hot in your area, when in doubt, slow it down, shut it down, skip a run. Messing with the heat is not worth taking, taking any unnecessary running in the heat is not worth taking any unnecessary chances. So, um, just be smart this summer, y'all. That's that's the name of the game. And like I said, if you're if you're south of the equator, you know, enjoy enjoy your your fall and winter months, your cooler weather months. But when when the heat starts to roll back around for you in another you know four six eight months, same same rules apply. Be smart. Don't take any chances. Uh, don't push your luck when it comes to heat illness because you know if you get it wrong, you can get it wrong once. And that's it. You don't get a second chance. So uh, don't take any unnecessary risks. So that's it for today. That's today's quick tip. Um, I know that's a little bit longer, but this one at least was, I think, hopefully useful, hopefully hopefully important enough that it's worth rattling on for 25, 30 minutes long. Um, but I'll, I'll keep things quick at this point. Love your thoughts. Love your feedback. Uh, at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram, Dizruns at gmail.com if you want to shoot me an email. And of course, you can head over to the show notes today. Like I said, there's there's the, there's the memes, there's the gifs, but there's also that, that chart that, uh, you know, kind of icon logo, whatever you want to call it about heat exhaustion and heat stroke. Check that out. If you haven't done so already, familiarize yourself with the symptoms. Dizruns.com slash seven three zero. While you're there, you can leave comments and thoughts and feedbacks in that comment bar at the bottom of the page as well. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up. Don't forget Dizruns.com slash consultation. If you want to jump on the phone, talk about heat issues or talk about anything else that you're dealing with in your training this summer or any time of year, Dizruns.com slash consultation. Happy to do it. And we can go worldwide. We can use Zoom or Skype or things like that. If you're outside of the country, if you're in the U.S., obviously we can use we can use those those tools as well. We can also just jump on the old the old phone, the old fashioned way, uh, talking on the phone to each other. But if I can help you, I'm happy to do it. And uh, until next time, be well, take care. Thank you again for listening, and uh, take it easy. All right, see you. 